Welcome to the Open Paddock Rallycast presented by Oz Rally Pro. This is episode number 107, part two of our chats from the Ojibwe Forest Rally. In this episode, you hear from Mark Gietkowski, who edged out Ely Barta by just over two seconds in the National Combined LN4 class. You also hear from co-driver Stephen Harrell, who finished second in class and third overall in the regional. And then we bring back our old co-host, Ian Holmes, who for the first time won his regional class at a national event. Grab a seat and join us for another round at the virtual rally pub we call the Rallycast. Hello, I'm your host, Mike Shaw, and before we get into the interviews, I was going to talk about a couple of uh, current topics that have been in the news lately. One of those mainly is the release of the new 2022 WRX. I'm sure a lot of you have seen that, uh, images that come up. My personal take on that is that it's interesting. It seems like it's just an evolution of the previous car, not something revolutionary. It's bigger yet again. It's like they're uh, trying to get the Subaru to be the size of a 3 Series BMW, although the BMWs keep getting bigger too, so maybe it's the like the older BMW or something, but I do kind of miss the smaller chassis. I was hoping that they were going to go for something like that, but no, we're getting larger yet again, which is a little bit unfortunate. I, I think it looks okay, other than the two-tone color thing. The bumper looks kind of hideous, how that attaches the rear end, but if you get all the same body color, I guess it's kind of fine. For all you complaining about the taillights looking like uh, that of a Honda Civic, well, there's so many cars that copy each other that, I don't know, that's all moot to me. I was following behind a Kia the other day, and I thought I was following behind a Honda Accord, and then I got closer. It's like, oh, yeah, I guess they use the same taillight combo now, too. So, yeah. The one interesting thing that I found about the WRX, though, is that, one, the size of it, being equal to that of a 2005 Subaru Outback XT. That's right, my uh, legacy chassis that is uh, the Subaru Outback of the uh, 2005 era was 105.1 inch wheelbase, and the new WRX is going to be that same exact size, which I find kind of interesting, but they do say they uh, strengthened it and stiffened it and uh, specifically made it so it's a little higher off the ground and the suspension mounts have more travel and all that stuff. So hopefully that will make it uh, turn into an, a rally car. The one thing actually that I'd like to see happen, and maybe this is a little bit out in that left field, but they talk about that GT version that's got the CVT in it. And as many, you know, you don't want maybe an automatic to rally. But then again, you know, if you remember back when uh, Ryan Millen and Rihanna Gelsomino won the two-wheel drive championship in the uh, RAV4, the Rally RAV4 was an automatic. So if they want to test how well-designed their CVT is, why not have somebody rally it, you know? Obviously, the suspension stuff with all that electronic gizmo where they can adjust the suspension and the, uh, some of the other dynamics of the car wouldn't be able to make it to rallying, I don't think. So change out all that stuff, but if you could leave the transmission, I, I'd like to see that happen, right? It'd be something different anyways. I don't know if we'd be able to handle it, but it would be kind of cool to see just something different for somebody to, to try out there. Yeah, like I said, kind of uneventful. We'll have to wait and see what the STI version looks like. No hatch yet. Also disappointing there. Uh, the other big news, I guess, that uh, came out was, of course, Ken Block and his now working with Audi on their electrification program. My thoughts are maybe this has something to do with Dakar coming up. 
uh, they've been looking at doing more electric stuff in Dakar. And uh, I know Ken Block has been experimenting in that avenue, uh, maybe among other things. And maybe at the same time, he gets to drive a classic group B car too or something. That would be pretty badass, wouldn't it? Electrification's obviously coming, and it'll be interesting to see what uh, Ken Block's crazy ideas come up with. I mean, if we're going to have electric cars, might as well have something that's completely badass and crazy like, you know, his Hoonigans have come up with over the years with the uh, internal combustion engine. So, yeah, I think that'll be pretty interesting what they can come up with and uh, could make it at least somewhat more fun for something that's not going to have the noise that we're used to. A couple of uh, interesting things in the news. We'll have our interviews right after this. Go. Five right short over crest into second small crest 40. Full left plus nips. Hi, this is Alex and Rhiannon Gelsomino from Oz Rally Pro, Advanced Rally Training. Are you new to rally or have you been rallying many years? No matter what your experience, we can progress you further. Our classes are team training, driver pace note training or co-driver training that are tailored to each individual or team. Email osrallypro at gmail.com for further details. Hey, Mike, how you doing? <laughs> Mark Kipkowski, how you doing, man? How is everything? <laughs> Things are great out west. Beautiful sunshine, unlike what you experienced this last weekend. Yeah, very rainy, very crazy conditions. I mean, that was my first time being there, so I didn't really know what to expect. But yeah, the, the weather definitely threw a wrench into, into everything. It's a great weekend for us at the end of the day, and what a battle, man. What what a battle. What is it with you uh, finding ways to get into these tight battles? I, I have no idea. I must be doing something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all love it as fans. Yeah, I, man. All, all the messages that I've been getting, they're like, go, go, go. And I'm like, I'm trying, I'm trying. I mean, Ely pulled out. He found another gear uh, at Ojibwe this year. It was great. It was great to battle with him. He's a great guy. Fortunately for us, it was 2.2 seconds in our advantage, but... Um, it was really coming close to the super special. I'm I'm not one to usually get like nervous and play any head games or anything like that. But man, like uh, people were coming up to me before the super special. Maybe they didn't know what the the gap was. But people were talking to me. I couldn't even like process what they were talking about because I'm like trying to get so focused into this last super special, which was just a complete mud pit. So like it was still all to play for. It was man, it was a absolutely crazy weekend, but phenomenal at at the at the end of the day. And starting out the weekend, you know, you had uh, Claudia sitting as a co-driver with you. Yes, she is superwoman. I The story behind that is I didn't even know I was going to be an Ojibwe until people started calling me probably two weeks ago. And they're like, hey, you have a really good shot at clinching the LN four-wheel drive national championship. You should really consider this. And, you know, after a few conversations, I'm like, you know what? This may be my only chance in my lifetime to fight for a national title. So. I made the commitment and I called Claudia like 10 days before the start of the rally. I was like, can you make it? And she goes, I'm on top of Mount Washington right now. Let me call you back in five minutes. <laughs> Sounds right. like her. <laughs> yeah, that is very, I've learned that is very like Claudia. She called me back in five minutes and we were basically uh, on board together. So I got, I got super lucky. She is uh, absolutely superwoman, both, you know, outside the car and, and inside the car. Um, it was just a pleasure to have her on board. We gelled very quickly and the notes were completely spot on. So, you know, to kind of throw her into a new environment, you know, new car with me, first time ever sitting with her. I just think everything that happened this week happened for a reason. And I'm just, I'm, 
glad that I actually made the journey out to to Ojibwe Forest Rally. Right now, I'm in the process of the 24-hour tow home, which is not my favorite position to be in, but it's uh, it was just a phenomenal weekend, and Claudia did an amazing job. We, we always enjoy chatting with her. She hates being on camera or talking whenever there's a recorder around, but she is so much fun, and you're right. She is so, so just damn good. She's always spot on with everything, and yeah. she's just a joy to be around, too. Yeah, you know the funny thing, though, about Claudia is that she, I know she hates being on camera, but when she is... Oh, she's wonderful, isn't she? She's great. Yeah. She's great. She has nothing to be worried about, so I don't get it. I know. Yeah, Claudia, if you're listening to this, man, you should, you know, <laughs> be, in the cam- be in front of the camera more often, because you're, you're great. Oh, she's total camera gold. Yeah. We always love having her whenever she's available. But yeah, sometimes I have to sneak up on her. Yeah. <laughs> So going into this week, you said this is your first time doing Ojibwe, really? Yeah, this is my first time doing Ojibwe. Like I said, I, you know, if you asked me three weeks ago, you know, are you going to Ojibwe? I would have told you flat out no, because I, I can't afford it. And to be honest with you, Mike, I still can't afford it. I'm towing home and I have to scratch my head on how I'm going to afford the credit card bill after this rally. But like I said, I think this is a, a once in a lifetime opportunity for me and for any four wheel drive car to be in the shot of clinching a limited national four wheel drive uh, championship. I I have to take it. You know, I, I have to try. I don't want to look back in 30 years and be like, man, you know, I really, really wish I would have give it, given it more effort, yeah. you know, and, and really went for it. But that's essentially where I, where I am. So this is, I don't know if it's a bucket list item, but it's something that I, I don't want to look back and be like, man, I really wish I would have given it a shot, you know? I was going to ask you because you were a pretty steadfast person about staying regional for a long time. Yeah. Then you made the step up to national and have had also many close battles, especially like this weekend. Any regrets? No, absolutely not. It's always interesting, regional versus national, what you should enter. Technically, NA four-wheel drive is a, a regional class, but I guess that's why we're scored together with LN four-wheel drive. But no, no regrets. I think the, the competition is absolutely amazing in the national class. I find myself in an interesting position where a naturally aspirated car is competing with, with turbo cars, but it seems to be working out you know, well this year for me. I, I know that's not always the case, right? It doesn't always go to plan, but no regrets. No regrets to go to national. Awesome. So I'm guessing Ojibwe must be considered as uh, close enough to be considered a West Coast event, so that way that's ticked off? I don't think so, Mike. So uh, in, in order for me to, to have a shot at the national title, I have to do one West Coast event, and I think the only West Coast events that are classified as that are Olympus and Oregon. Uh huh. So in order for yeah, in order for me to be, you know, even classified for a national championship and have a realistic goal, I had to do uh, Ojibwe, and that's a great check mark. I have to do LSPR, and then I have to go to Oregon uh, in order for me to be classified. So it's it's going to be a little bit of a stretch. I still have to scratch my head on how I'm going to make this all happen. You know, I've been talking to a few sponsors uh, last week and the week before just saying that, you know, hey, I have a crazy idea to compete at the national championship. I need some help. And I got a whole bunch of, oh, we'll get back to you. Maybe that kind of stuff. And and I understand it. Right. But mm-hmm. I'll I'll see what I can pull out for, for the rest of these two events, because taking off of work and all the finances involved with it are just not easy when when you're doing the solo, you know, but we'll, we'll see what's going to happen. We always talk about how expensive the sport is. The cost per mile is pretty high, but also add to it the travel. That's, that's expensive stuff just right there. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And, and like I said, I, 
I'm trying to pull a Superman right now and, and kind of do like a 23-hour tow all in one shot. That's probably not going to happen the day after the rally because I'm still on the rally hangover. But for, for anything over 1,000 miles, 1,200 miles, something like that, you have to budget four days of travel, essentially, right? Two to get there and two to get back. And plus all the days of recce and, and the race, it's, it's essentially a whole week off that you have to take off of work. Mm-hmm. And for us normal civilians, that's, that's a lot if you multiply it for for all the events that are out there. So that's why, you know, if somebody asked me, are you doing the whole series this year? I'd be like, no, you're crazy. You know, this is not, it's, I yeah. can't afford that. I can't take the time off, but look where I am right now. So I, I guess I can't be talking. If you don't mind me asking, what's the day job, man? Uh, I do marketing for a uh, finance company. Oh, ah, okay. Yeah, I, I, I like what I do, but it's not racing rally cars. Right, right. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I, I really enjoy the challenge of my job, too. It, I, I don't maybe have the passion for it a- anymore, but it's nothing like yeah, being around race cars for sure. But it definitely, you know, supports having the fun and, and going out and doing the things. Of course. But hey, you know, everybody's work from home now, so maybe you could work remotely. I don't know. I do, but it's still like, yeah, man, I'm like a one track mind when it comes to this stuff. If I'm rallying, I, I don't even have the mental capacity to to even think about work yeah it's uh it's a tough balance it's a tough balance but rally is a good disconnect for me and i think that goes for also the majority of the field it's it's an amazing adventure from start start to beginning no matter how the weekend unfolds and for me it's, it's a disconnect that i i always look forward to it well let's rewind a little bit back to ojibwe so what do you think i guess of the roads there the first time you saw them since this was your first time doing it you know doing recce and just seeing what it was like and then of course the approaching conditions we we're gonna have for the weekend yeah, so that's that's a great question. So when I did recce, I thought the roads were phenomenal. They had a mix of, of like everything. They had twisty bits, flowy bits, and really flat out bits, right? And and that was true, but it's very different on recce versus competing in it because the first pass um, of the stages were very rocky and not and it's not rocks that you would note on recce, but all the top cars were pulling out rocks. And when I mean rocks, I mean, they're the size of your head. You're dodging rocks, you're hitting rocks. I mean, I've had, I think, two or three instances where I hit such a massive rock that it ripped the steering wheel out of my hands and I thought I had a puncture. I don't know. I don't know how I didn't get a puncture. And then the toe is out completely and your your steering wheel is at like two o'clock and it was just complete mayhem. But I think that's just the challenging part of of this rally. Now I have a little bit more experience. If I do go back to, to know that, Hey, the first pass, there was a lot of loose rocks. I think also the weather didn't help. The rain probably dislodged a lot of the rocks and stuff. But then on the, on the second pass, this is my first time driving in rutted conditions because the roads have a very like sandy base to it. Right. Cause usually you're used to STPR, which is a really hard base. You're yes. used to New England. That's also got a really hard base. It doesn't tend to run up a whole lot. Yes, exactly. This Ojibwe had a, a, a sandy base. And I was warned about this, but like it's different when you're warned about it to when you experience it. So on the second pass of all the stages, once 65 cars go through it, there's essentially two tracks in all of the tight and medium speed corners that you kind of have to use to your advantage. And it's a little bit risky. I essentially, what I did is I pitched the car faster than I would have pitched it on the first pass, knowing that the ruts are going to take you out. But that comes at a risk because of the rocks. And sometimes also the ruts are not going to take you out and they can 
throw you completely offline. It was it was a crazy learning experience for me. If I ever go back to Ojibwe, which I hope I will, it is a phenomenal rally. I, I have that knowledge now in my back pocket to kind of use the ruts to my advantage and just try to conserve momentum and, and honestly go into the corners a little bit quicker than what you normally would, uh, knowing that the ruts are going to try to kind of steer the car and pull you into it. So it was, it was a very interesting experience. So you went into this round with the mindset that, okay, I, I can go toward this championship fight for the season at the national scale. I'm guessing from the get-go, you were looking at your times and who you were going to be up against. Yeah. So, you know, on the on the entry list, there is a very stacked, limited four-wheel drive field. I'm not going to lie. We had, uh, you know, Ely, who's been a main competitor of mine throughout the entire season. We had uh, Bucky Lassick. We had uh, Gary Donahue. We had a whole bunch of very fast, limited four-wheel drive cars. And I was like, man, I'd... I don't know how I'm going to compete against everyone, but I'm going to give it my best shot. And I was kind of doing the rain dance, not going to lie. And it looks like the, the my prayers were a little bit answered because rain is the almighty equalizer and you don't really need power, especially on the sandy base. So I think everything worked out to, to my advantage at the at the end of the day. But yeah, the, the entry list was stacked. There was some attrition based off of all the rocks. I know some people had some offs and everything. So that's, that's just how rally goes. You have to, you know, keep a fast but steady pace and, and not go crazy. And there's also a little bit of luck involved when it comes to this. So I, I was, uh, I was lucky on the second day and also on the first day I was, I was pushing like crazy. I was taking cuts that I really should not have cut going into some corners a gear higher than I should have been. I mean, Ely pulled an amazing, amazing event and to, have a battle with them all of that long. We're literally, literally trading stage times back and forth, second here, second back. He takes six seconds on me, then I take six seconds on him, and it was it was absolutely crazy. I've I've had tight battles before. I think my closest battle was in Ohio, where I just edged out Arak by six point six seconds. But man, this this two point two seconds was really a nail biter, <laughs> and but it, it worked out to my. It worked out to my advantage this time. I know it doesn't always go that way, but phenomenal weekend. Phenomenal weekend. Well, you even dropped, it looked like about 15, 20 seconds on stage six, the second running of Steamboat. Did you have a moment in there or what happened? Uh, Steamboat, Steamboat. I think, uh, was that uh, on Saturday stage? Yeah, that was uh, Friday stage. Friday stage, Friday stage. I think I just took it a little bit conservative. That was my first time kind of driving in the ruts. Gotcha. And I think Ely just, you know, Ely just went for it. And then I saw the time. I was like, oh, crap. I guess I have to just throw caution to the wind and use the ruts to my advantage. And hopefully it pulls me out. But, yeah, he, he posted a phenomenal time there. I kind of scratched my head after that. But I kind of fit the bullet. I'm like, all right, game on. Let's try to do this. <laughs> wow. What a crazy weekend. That weather on Saturday morning, when I saw the stage looking at the live stream stuff that uh, Ojibwe was doing, which, uh, by the way, get on them for that. That was fun to watch uh, remotely. It looked mucky as hell out there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And what what really scared me is, I, I don't know if they, what the state is called, but the road is, is Otter Kill. Mm -hmm. That's um, the name of it. All the all the roads. Yeah, perfect. All, all, all essentially all the stages in the rally, other than that stage, had a sandy base. This one had like a clay base to it, and the, the stage was a slip and slide. So uh, Ely posted great times there, and then I was trying to claw back times on all the other stages. So it was it was back and forth. It was absolutely crazy. Well, you ended up coming out with the win on this one. One of the closest finishes I think we've seen in a long time when it comes to uh, separation. 
other than the regionals. We see those guys always close as well. But in the national, it's, it's usually the gaps tend to near the end tend to be a little bit more broad. But man, yeah, great job this last weekend. I'm excited to see you uh, attempting to do more. And I'd love to see you come out west and uh, see it Oregon in person, man. Yeah, or Oregon is definitely the plan. I mean, I have to if I need to uh, have a chance at the championship. And then also LSPR, I have to make sure Ely doesn't score good points there. And I have to do some, you know, points calculations and point scenarios once I'm, once I'm back home and the rally hangover is, has subsided. I have to do all the remaining events. And like I said, it's, it's, it's a struggle for me to even get to the events. But once I'm there, I, I tend to put on my smile. And at the end of the day, I'm, I'm racing rally cars through beautiful forests, beautiful regions of, of the country, and nothing beats that. So once I have a smile, then all the stage times are always come naturally for me. Well, good luck at the next one. We'll chat to you maybe after that. Go home, recharge, celebrate with the family, and we'll see you at the next one. I will try, Mike. I'll, ta- I'll talk to you later. Thanks so much. Take care, Mark. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Three, two, one. Onto bridge 200. Late for late onto bridge 200. Kings. Right Stephen Harrell, welcome to Open Paddock Rallycast. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? Doing well. Long time no see. Yeah, it's been a minute. <laughs> well, obviously another exciting exciting event with the regionals uh, i mean every single event the regional battle is always so close and always so fun to watch but i want to rewind the clock just a little bit because you also got to do something a little bit unusual a couple weeks ago and if i remember right you were in the uh, vegas Arena best in the desert race right i was yes yeah so explain that experience as someone that's a you know someone's a rally co-driver doing that type of event and uh, was that ryan millen is that right it was with ryan millen yeah i actually my first race i ever did was vegas torino back in 2009 way back then wow yeah before this one i've done i've done vegas torino twice 2009 2011 and then 2011 is when i started doing rally and so i for the most part switched over to stage rally since i had some experience with desert ryan was looking to get a desert co-driver who was familiar with rally so that he could use like rally style pace notes. And so he hit me up. And considering he's got a championship, he won the two wheel drive championship back in 2018, I think. Yeah. 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 He actually, uh, he beat me and Rob Dawson to the uh, two wheel drive championship in NASA in, I think, 16 as well. <laughs> and so now you hook up with him. So so he calls you up and says, hey, let's do this uh, desert thing. Yeah. So what was that experience like? I mean, you've done it a few times, but I mean, I- I'm used to, again, the standard kind of pace note stuff that we use in stage rally. What's it like doing a Vegas Torino thing? Well, first off, j- just getting the call up was super out of nowhere like three weeks before the event is when he hit me up i was like oh okay sure was it one of those like whose number is this Nah, it's got to be like (laughs) that number i don't know it (laughs) will hang up he hit me on instagram so i at least knew who it was but all right i I was not expecting it at all it wasn't like fake ryan millen or something (laughs) no yeah even though i'd done the race a couple times i'd always been in the stock class which is pretty close to production trucks you can upgrade the shocks but you can't like relocate them or anything you gotta use the same spring locations and all that so this time we were in a class called spec trophy truck which is trophy trucks with a uh, spec motor essentially okay where the unlimited trucks are making a thousand horse if or more we were making five and it's 
probably the most competitive class in the series. There were 30 something trucks just in our class. Wow. It, it's definitely a different experience. And like the, the interesting part is in the prep. Vegas Torino is a no pre-run event, which is the desert equivalent of recce. Mm-hmm. So this one, you, you go in blind using the GPS. That means you got to learn how to use this advanced marine GPS. And, you know, you're basing your calls off of just this track on the map. So it's not even like a basic tulips type thing or anything with a root book. It is literally nope. you have to follow the screen. Yes. Wow. And events like Baja, where you can pre-run and teams will spend a week or more just going back and forth on their section. Now you can create proper notes. Although even then, they usually do it in the GPS. They'll just note it in the GPS. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that was different. And then there's things like, uh, this is going to get a little weird. There's things like getting familiar with race catheters. Oh, yes. I've heard about these, but I'll let you explain. This is a true endurance event. Yeah. This is not short. This event was 500 miles in speaking in rally terms, was essentially a single stage. There's there's no pauses in between. It's 500 straight through. And if everything went well for us, we were looking at a finish time of eight to nine hours. Do you have like refueling stops where you can, uh, you know, stop and get out for a second, get something to eat? Or is this, you just try and go just constant? Um, there are pit stops along the way. But since those are on the clock, there's really no time to get out. We broke at mile 246 to get that out of the way first, but we did make it to one of our scheduled pit stops before then. And it was a rear tires and fuel stop on a truck where the tires are 150 pounds each. And it was about a minute. Whoa. And that's also fueling us with, I think, 57 gallons of gas. So NASCAR pit style. NASCAR pit style. Yep. Wow. That's impressive. That really is impressive. And of course, I guess you're probably doing almost like Tour de France style food stuff. You got like energy gels and stuff like that or something to keep you going and alert or what? Yeah. Energy gels. Obviously, we've got camelbacks in the truck. The day before the event, we also did hydration IVs, which is another new experience for me. Mm-hmm. Get yourself completely as saturated with fluids as possible. Absolutely. And especially that week, because this event is Nevada desert in August, so it's always hot. I think it was 108 that week. Wow. Well, we hit uh, 112, 113 here in Portland uh, area last month, and people died in that weather. So, yeah, yeah it's it's bad. Yeah, it was, it was an experience for sure. <laughs> so, yeah, so these catheters, um, I'm not going to go into too much detail, I guess, but the idea is, is you don't have to just wet yourself when you're trying to take in all the fluids and all that stuff. It's basically you you have a hose. You have a hose. It goes down your pant leg, you know, comes out over the top of your shoe and you just sort of pee on the floor as you're going to log at 80 miles an hour. I figured they'd at least have an outlet tube to, you know, go out underneath the truck. No, <laughs> I didn't realize that. Wow. No, um, oh, I guess it's a dust thing, which yeah. seems kind of weird since we don't have glass in the truck at all. It's it's open cockpit. Well, oh, yeah, it does seem kind of dumb. <laughs> but like, you know, no windshields, no side glass. Yeah, it's more like a buggy almost with a truck body. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my. It goes on the floor and, you know, whoever's newest on the team washes it out after. So you guys uh, ended at mile 246, I think you said. Yep. So what happened? Uh, transmission overheated. Ah. Oh. Plain and simple. Bummer. Yeah. Bummer. Switching gears now to uh, stage rally, which you're most well known for. Mm-hmm. Coming into this Ojibwe rally, you've done, 
You've done Ojibwe how many times now? Quite a few. Uh, five, I think. Yeah, okay. I'd have to count, but yeah. four or five. And the roads are fairly familiar. I mean, I, I recognized them, and I've only been there three times. I know they've used them several times in a row. I'm guessing you're pretty familiar with those, too. Most of them. You've been with Mark Williams a couple of times, right? Yeah, this is our fifth event together, I believe. So what made this specific Ojibwe seem any different from the previous ones for you? Weather. Plain and simple. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that forecast looked interesting as things were uh, coming in. Just, I mean, really right from the point of recce, you could see the forecast coming in, huh? Yeah. So we reccied the Saturday stages when it was still dry, but then it rained on our way to the Friday stages and very different experience reccying those. Super slippy, like to the extent of some of the corners were sketchy at recce speeds. Fortunately, um, the rain let up early, so Friday stages during the actual rally were nice because they drain really fast. So Friday was fun and fast and full commitment and we had a blast, but today the weather switched on us and it was probably some of the most terrifying experience I've had in a rally car. And I've done a lot of rallies. Well, especially the first loop. Yeah. But talking about Friday real quick, I know it dried out a little bit and the, you know, it's that sandier soil that tends to be on those stages, but that's also where it can rut out real good. And then there may be deep, muddy stuff underneath it. You know, based on your guys' start position, was that a concern where you're adjusting notes before you even started the event on Friday? Or do you think what you had from recce was good enough? Uh, No, we we thought our recce notes were good enough. And it definitely did rut on the second pass, but that actually worked to our advantage because we could just shove the car in there and actually uh, just sort of ride the side of the ruts. So we were actually able to carry a lot of speed through the ruts on the second pass. We actually won... We, we won the last two stages. Yeah, I was going to say, it's kind of funny because like Travis Pastrana can't stand riding ruts. He's a person that the ruts bother him and, and he likes to do his own line and not ride in the ruts of others if he can do it, mm-hmm. you know, beyond fresh stuff. So it sounds like Mark is pretty darn comfortable just hooking it in on what kind of ground in there. Yeah, but to be fair, with the way Travis drives, he doesn't line up with the ruts because, you know, the, the ruts line up with his front wheels, but his back wheels are kind of further out as he's sliding around the corners. So he can't really fit the ruts as well as the rest of us who are just sort of driving them a bit more. That makes sense. And of course, you're in the fat yellow pig with Mark there. Were you looking at the times right away on Friday to be like, okay, we're, we're definitely battling for the overall in regional against these guys? Um, we were eyeballing them for sure. Um, you know, M- Mark, uh, he, he hadn't done a rally for a long time because of COVID. So we, we did Ohio, but we were never comfortable in Ohio. And we retired after a stage in 100 acres. So this was like, our first event to try and get our 2019 speed back. So we were immediately looking at times just to see if we were back where we used to be. After two or three stages, we were hitting our groove on the times as well as our comfort in the car. That sounds actually right up with what you're saying is look at these stages. About the uh, fourth stage, you started winning stages. Yep. Yeah. We- so that must be when you kind of got in the groove. Of course, then... The end of that day came and you start out on Saturday and boy, it just right away in the morning, it started coming down, didn't it? Absolute downpour. Absolutely. It was super slick. So the first stage, Height of Land, is ridiculously fast in the first half. And then uh, when you get to the bit where you twist between the lakes, it gets way more technical. And from the lakes to the finish, you couldn't trust any corner. Every corner was out to stab you. I've driven that in the slop. Yeah, yeah, I, I've driven that in a recce in the slop and understeer, understeer, understeer. You just it, it, it's just so much slop in there. It is hard to just stay on the road. Uh, understeer, oversteer, all the steers. 
understeer into <laughs> understeer into snap oversteer. But you kept it on the road. Mostly. <laughs> well, then explain. You have some moments. Uh, yeah. You know, there, there were definitely a few where we slid wider than we wanted to be. And then uh, right for like a mile from the end of the first stage today, we very nearly removed the back of the car on a tree. So that was nice. That's scary. From then on, we, uh, you know, we had a little chat on the transit about our strategy for the rest of the day. And we chose life, basically. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so we, we backed off, uh, you know, a couple notches for the next stage. Uh, the third stage in the loop was actually dry. So that one we got to push again. But after that one, it was back to the slop and we just drove to survive because we knew we were locked into a podium because fourth place was over a minute back. Right. We, we, ch- we chose the wise path. <laughs> Well, fighting with uh, Stephen Gingrass and with Michael Engel, those guys are just so quick. Yeah. Know the road so well. Yeah. That must have been fun to be able to duke it out with them. But at the same time, boy, they have that knowledge. <laughs> That's pretty hard to beat, isn't it? Yeah. And that car that Mike's had built for him is an absolute rocket ship. The first stage of the loop, it starts with like a 500 straight. And he was getting to the end of that 500 straight, probably with 10 miles an hour more than us. So he had his beat by the first corner on that stage. I, I'm pretty sure he had a technical issue yesterday, which is why we're so close to him, but we had nothing for him today. Battling with Steve was a blast. Steve can really wheel that thing like crazy. I mean, especially for an NA car. Right. An old an old NAGC. He was on it and full respect to him for his commitment in those stages today. So obviously uh, you and Mark doing well here, got yourselves on the podium. So what's next for the... What was it with that yellow pig team <laughs> for as far as uh, going to the next event? That yellow pig, that's the team. Yep. Our next event is going to be LSPR and that'll probably round out our season. Awesome. So were you guys uh, in it for a regional championship then or because you guys, you know, the COVID stuff and you guys kind of got maybe more of a late start or are you not quite in it? So I've actually also done an event without Mark in the class. Mm hmm. So this actually does put me between the two drivers in the championship lead, I believe. Ooh. And depending on what events other drivers do and how LSPR goes for us, it could mean the win for me. Mark, having not done New England as I did, um, I believe he's battling with Engel and one other. But yeah, there's potential for a top two at the very least on his end. Awesome. Well, I, I can see you uh, maybe reading the notes a little faster to push them along to see if you end up uh, getting the top of that regional podium. That'd be nice. <laughs> well, good job this weekend. It looked hairy. I was watching some of the live stream stuff and was it on the first stage of the day today? Mm-hmm. They're about a mile in and there's a, a right hand sweeper that's got this little kick, this little like berm oh, on yep. the inside. And Travis right away that he went real wide. And then everybody else tried to cut an inside as you normally would for a corner like that. They obviously had that berm in their notes and with the wet, they just avoided it. But everybody else kind of hit it. And I saw you guys bump into that thing, too. And it, yeah. that that made folks uh, go a little wide and uh, <laughs> a little nervous uh, going into the entry of that corner. Yeah. Sec- second pass going through there. You know, we, we went through, we hit the bump. And I just hear Mike in my headset go, oh, I got it wrong again. <laughs> <laughs> Well, congratulations on a stellar finish. Man, celebrate. Have a good time. Good job at the podium. And maybe we'll talk to you after LSPR. Sounds good. Thank you. Thanks, Stephen. Take care, bud. Yeah, bye.
Good evening, sir. <laughs> Good evening, Mr. Ian Holmes. Regional open two-wheel drive winner from Ojibwe, man. Yeah, yeah, that was... Yeah, I think I'm still, I'm still like, a little bit numbed by it. You know, I think the rally, the rally hangover kind of, like, started to settle in this morning, but... Uh, there's been so much other stuff going on around this this place that uh, yeah, it's been. I'm like, yeah, I'm still speechless at the thought of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's an awesome feeling to have, though. And this is your first regional class win, isn't it? Uh, at least at a at a national event. At a national event, yeah. I was came first at headwaters like in may of 2016 when when i was with dan little in his mazda mx3 that's the little one isn't it mm-hmm. yeah 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 because yeah, we had no suspension that day yeah all mazda 3 yeah yes so plenty of seconds and third places between then and now but yeah this is the first the first first place at a, at a national event yeah that's pretty cool. There was some steep competition, too. I mean, there was 12 two-wheel drive entries in total from what I saw as far as regional. Yeah. And a lot of them fast. Even some of the limited two-wheel drive guys were pretty quick drivers. Mm-hmm. I was mostly uh, focused on Ryan George and Al. I think on a good day, the rally truck is like a, a third or fourth place runner. It's solid. It's dependable. And thanks to Scott for that, that the, the vehicle is totally and utterly reliable. It's never had a mechanical DNF at oh, all. Oh, really? No. That's impressive. He's quite exacting on the, on the way he looks after it and the work, the work that he does with it. I mean, I've told loads of people before, you know, we've got this V6 to go into it. At some point, the V6 has been in and it's been out. And it's been in and out. It's because it's, there's always something he can't get right. The first time it was like mating up to the transmission. Mm-hmm. And then he had problems with the engine management computer. Right. He, he basically doesn't want it in there unless it's right. It's solid yeah. and reliable. That's it. Yeah. And, you know, so when we get in that car, we're, we're like pretty certain that we will be there at the finish line. It's only going to be a crash or me being sick. That takes us out. Also, you hadn't co-driven for a little while, had you? Yeah, because uh, the last time I completed completed a rally was like a Jibway last year. Wow. When we came fourth, yeah. Because a couple of weeks ago, we'd headed out to CUP and run run the NASA event. But, uh, and I'm dead embarrassed about this, that, uh, I mean, I've run marathons and done stuff, and I know that you never change shit up at the last minute. But I forgot my scopolamine patch. Before I took scopolamine, I used Dramamine. So we went down to the pharmacists in in the town and we got some Dramamine, except it was generic Dramamine. And so I was thinking, oh, it'll be all right. So I took the generic Dramamine and, oh, my God, I knew it wasn't working when at the end of the first stage, I felt like barfing. Oof. And after that, I just like got so faint. I mean, it's like I wasn't drowsy like you can be with some of these like motion sickness pills. I, I was actually like faint. I was right out of it. I had a weird, mysterious illness a few weeks back. And mm-hmm. when you get to that point where you're going <laughs> to let things out, uh-huh. you start sweating, you start getting more lightheaded, all that stuff. So I'm guessing it's similar. Uh-huh. So really, I had just kind of a passing, I don't know if it was a food thing or what, but 
still, yeah. I would assume that the uh, traits are somewhat mm-hmm. similar, and yeah. you're just going to lose focus. Yeah, there was it was there was no way I could go on, so we just like and that was with CUP. Yeah, it was at CUP. Yeah, so I got like we got like one stage in and turned around and came back to the start. As a result of this, I, I can tell you this: I'm never doing another NASA event oh. because I was really, really disappointed with their well, not disappointed, disgusted with their medical staff, their first aid. I was seen by one guy checked my pulse up at up at, up at stage one end. He says, "Oh, it's a bit thready," yeah, and that was it. Nobody else saw me. We went back to service and. Nobody else saw me. Did they have like a little medical tent or whatever, no. even in service or anything like that? Nope, nothing like that at all. Never saw anything. So, yeah, okay. I was uh, less than impressed with their uh, medical facilities because, I mean, at that time, I didn't know what was wrong with me. I mean, I right. you know, so I was like, well, I didn't you're know. also I, a little delirious at that point. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah I, I was like, I'm drinking water like there's no time. I'm drinking water like I'm like seriously dehydrated. I must have drunk drunk three or four pints more of water because I was so dehydrated as well. And it's not like I wasn't hydrating myself properly during the day before the events. Uh, yeah, it was a really nasty, horrible experience all around and less than impressed with NASA on that one. And I guess some of that can also go to the organizers of that event. They're the ones mm-hmm. that I think that secure the medical yeah. and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So it kind of goes hand in hand there. But, yeah, you know, you can only hope for improvements, mm-hmm. you know, submit what yeah. you saw as a lack and hopefully the organizers can, mm-hmm. you know, fix that up and, and make it better. It's all yeah. we can really hope for yeah. for any event. Yeah. But mm-hmm. let's talk about Ojibwe, man. <laughs> Not only was it a huge success for you, but it was a dramatic event. Weather, weather, weather was uh, obviously the topic of the weekend. Go out there on Thursday, start doing recce, and you hear the weather reports. Is that making you guys nervous in the rally truck? Or is that like, ah, th- this is where we can take advantage? There's a bit of that, but Minnesota has like been under such a drought for like the past, well, all summer. I've cut my grass in my garden three times since April. Yeah, I was going to say, you guys don't know drought unless you come out farther west. But <laughs> sure, I'll, I'll give you that you've had it all this year. Fine. But yeah. <laughs> you guys don't know drought, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on one level, we were just like happy to see the rain. And yeah, you always certainly think that, yeah, this could play into our hands a little bit there was definitely a little bit of that at the back of our minds i think so friday stages well all the stages are ones you're familiar with yeah so you guys mm-hmm. ran them before yeah was there a specific stage that you guys specifically buttoned up notes on to try and push on for the weekend or just kind of play and see how it goes kind of thing because we hadn't run together for any length of time for like 12 months we were definitely the first loop was definitely let's see if we can get back in a groove and get going because you know i i was like i hadn't called notes for like 12 months so i i knew i was going to be rusty that first loop of stages i was really buckling down and concentrating hard that first loop was getting back to working together did scott push over the red bull jump and get you guys some good air ah uh, well we couldn't the first time because there was a warning triangle at the top ah that's right. That must have been where Paul Rowley went off to the side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, not not too far from the lake, <laughs> which is no, what everybody no, I, wants to avoid. <laughs> oh, my. I, I, I saw the video. Yes. And uh, he was perilously close to the lake. 
So we didn't get a push the first time, and I think we pushed a little bit the second time. I guess the photographs will show how much we pushed, but I don't think we pushed as much as normal other years. So at that point, about halfway through Friday, you guys go through service. Are you guys looking at the times and, and seeing where you're at amongst your competitors, or are you trying to drive within yourselves? For the first loop, we were definitely trying to drive within ourselves. I think we opened up a bit more in the second half, but we weren't really watch watching anybody per se. So yeah, it was just... It was honestly, it was just a joy to be out there. It was just so nice to be out rallying again. That was, I think, we were more enjoying the the experience than actually thinking about com- competing too much, which might have worked in our favor. You know, might have made us a bit more relaxed. Yeah, it was kind of like golf when you're stressed out about it, right? You can't hit the ball straight, but you get to the point where you just you know, I don't care anymore. And you get relaxed (laughs) and suddenly you start hitting well, but then you start worrying about it again Uh and you start hitting it all squirrely all over the place. So (laughs) at least that's how I used to play golf. It was, it was pretty bad. Yep. I I remember once I played around the golf with a friend and I was, I was like totally stressed all the way around. And until I got to like 18th tee, it was like a 400 yard dead straight hole, nothing, nothing to worry about. And I just stepped up there with my one eye and I'm belted the ball about 250 yards straight down the middle and you're like where was that shot for the rest of it (laughs) (laughs) that was was the only decent shot i hit on the whole round (laughs) Uh, go figure go figure yeah, so Friday, obviously, that's when the the weather was a little bit drier. Mm-hmm. Obviously, not yeah. not as much of a concern. The the one thing I have talked to others about is, you know, Ojibwe, it's got that sandier soil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It starts rut up on yeah. the Friday stages, more mm-hmm. so than on the Saturday stages. Yeah. yeah. What is that type of condition like with the rally truck versus the cars that I know that are really having a stressful time with some of those ruts? We Obviously, we do have a little bit of an advantage with more clearance, and I think the tires we were using certainly uh helped a lot as well but uh, it is what it is and we know we know it's going to be like that you know it, i was following some people like on facebook since the event and there was there was all that talk about those big rocks that were appearing mm-hmm. in the stage and you know so i i was looking i looked back at past notes and yeah on some corners i've got exactly the same instruction you know stay out rocks i've had that instruction on several corners for like the past three years the things are always there it's just that uh, maybe that was just a much much bigger rock than usual you know they're there then you're pretty you you can be pretty certain it's going to be on certain distinct corners because i've checked my notes from past years and yeah there are certain corners there that i've got like crest over right three stay out rocks and it's that same corner all the time so kind of the same thing you know what to watch out for and plus again a little bit of assurance with yeah that yeah ground yeah with a little bit of local knowledge there now you guys tires wise mm-hmm. being a truck you don't run a, a rally tire you actually run more of an off-road tire right yeah yeah we were running Kumo all terrains, I think that's what they were. Yeah. And so Saturday, you get up, you get ready to go out to the stage, and it's just dumping out there. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Is that something you're just automatic? Okay. Yeah. Th- this is this is where we're going to really show our stuff. You'd have to ask Scott that one. <laughs> yeah. Because you know, I'd taken a. I'm. I know Scott had taken a look, at, and we'd taken a look at the standings. And we knew we were running second to like 
the bearded rhino. Brian George. We knew we were running second to them, and we were like yeah. four and a half minutes down on them. So as far as we were concerned, we weren't going to catch them. And Al was eight minutes back because of the penalties he'd picked up at service. Yeah, differential yep. issue, I think mm-hmm. is what it was. Yeah. So that means Al would have to catch us up on every stage for us to even be threatened by him. So I think there was there was pretty much a little bit of playing it safe because we knew that our, our situation was pretty safe the way it was. I hear you there. Is there any one of those stages on Saturday there, though, that you're like, wow, <laughs> that was crazy and yet fun? Well, Scott was stressing about the height height of land, of course, is like dead straight for like with crest after crest for like the first four or five miles, which is nice, something to stress about. You know, it's like I'm going like five crests over 500, then left five caution, yeah, then three crests over 250, then right three or something. Because it's, it's just crest after crest after crest down there. It's just like it's just kind of like running like a racetrack a bit. Then you get to the causeway and. Oh, I just everybody just loves the causeway. I mean, that's that's my favorite part of it, you know. Please, please say you showed off for the cameras. I don't know. I've not seen any <laughs> film yet. I mean, <laughs> I think I think we got a little bit tail happy, but uh, I was really concentrating so hard this time because uh, with being out of it for so long, I was really, really trying to be on on the notes. I didn't. I wasn't on the notes all the time. Certainly, really tried harder than I'd ever tried. And that's the thing. The thing with uh, Saturday's stages, you, you got that fast drag to, to start high to land. Then you got Anchor Matson. Anchor Matson is fast. Anchor Matson is ridiculously fast. And then you've got Otterkill. Otterkill isn't isn't slow either. But Otterkill has that ridiculously tight, curvy section in the middle that really that can really catch you out and slow you down. Saturdays is a tough, tough section of stages. And then, of course, to finish it all up, you had this little bit of a mud bath of a, <laughs> of a super special uh, back at uh, Detroit Mountain. Yeah, I don't think anybody enjoyed that one. Because <laughs> by the time you get to, like, car 30, which is us, you know, or and then the second time round, we're like, what, car 70-something. You know, it's like, really churned up and all we can do is like bounce around between the ruts and just hope to get to the other end yeah you know if the fans enjoyed it then that was great and i know the fans enjoyed it because we were just like talking with fans at the end at the end when all the cars were in impound you know every they were coming up and saying wow that was great loved seeing the truck that was cool was it fun having all the fans back oh god yes absolutely that's the one thing that you you really miss you know because because so many people like know the rally truck, you kind of like being the center of attention in a way, you know. There literally is nothing else out there on the stages like yeah. this. You kind of stand out. We do, yeah. We're going to have to – I've seen a few other tr- truck builds are being like uh, li- shown on Facebook. So we're, we're going to have to up our game a bit. and uh, Yeah, going to have to get that V6 figured out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. That's so awesome that you guys uh, got the win there. Uh, what's next up for uh, Scott and Ian? We don't know. That's that's the problem. You see, I've uh, I tr- we I tried to get time off work for LSPR because I just so want to go back to LSPR again. But you know, for the first time in like seven years, the vacation slot is full. And you know, I could complain, but there's no point in complaining. So I've had seven good years at, with work really cooperating. You know, one person one year even like moved their holiday so I could complete compete at Ojibwe one year. 
I can't I can't complain. So I've heard a rumor that uh, Nemaji is on December the 4th. So I guess I guess we will be there, but we will see. Well, and cuz Nemaji is going to be in like next year's next year's championship that starts the 2022 season Nemaji does. Oh, that's right. Well, that's what I've heard. That's what I've heard anyway. That was the last the last little rumor I heard. Didn't last time it run it was like the first regional event of the next season yes for... yes that was it i mean i, I guess that kind of makes sense in that you know like oregon trail this year is the end of mm-hmm. the season yeah. for ara yeah. and that's all of ARA. that's regional and national mm-hmm. apparently yeah. so i guess if they choose lspr which is normally the end of the championship mm-hmm. that would also be for i would assume regional and national they wouldn't just extend yeah. it for regionals only mm-hmm. and yeah. so if that's your mm-hmm. dividing line it's like a fiscal year, right? It's never on the calendar yeah. year. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, if, if, if there was somewhere near, nearby that could host like a post-event banquet where you could do some like prize giving, then I suppose you could maybe make a case for Nomadji being the end, the end event of a season. But Nomadji's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. You know? <laughs> So, so I'm quite happy to like start. It's 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 a fun way to start the season. You start the season in in the pre in the in the previous year. You know, start the 2022 season in 2021. Yeah, it's a quirk of the rally calendar. <laughs> <laughs> well, also I want to say uh, mad props to the organizers of Ojibwe for uh, pretty darn cool looking trophies. Oh gosh, I mean, I, I I can only like praise Nikki to the to the skies for her trophies. She's wonderfully creative for those things i mean you've seen the picture of that that trophy stands about 18 inches tall you know <laughs> i need and i need a new shelf on my trophy cabinet for it you know <laughs> but yeah and nikki nikki just she as she always says when you when you go and talk to her and, and thank her for the trophy she said well i've got to look after my regional boys she really she really does look after the regional boys there's many times i've seen actually regional trophies i've liked better uh-huh. <laughs> than the national yeah. ones yeah. at events and i think it's because that creativity comes in yeah yeah and it's it's so appropriate for that event you know it's uh it's the ajibwe forests rally so you get a trophy that's a, a slice of a trunk of a tree a 16-year-old tree, I counted the rings. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is utterly appropriate that it's, oh, it's just brilliant. I, I love it. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's, a, there's a part of me that would like one of those fancy, loud trophies that the pros get. But honestly, something like, like, like what Nikki does is just, it's just, just wonderful. So, yeah, the trophies were great. And, you know, we got to stand on the podium I mean, stood on the top step of the podium and sprayed beer. Okay, so it's not as good as spraying champagne, but you've got a you've got a brewery sponsoring the prize giving, so that's okay. Yeah, I, I can forgive that a little mm-hmm. bit. And the beer had rally car on it, yeah. so it, it was a rally specific. Oh uh, no, no, that's the uh, that's the press on regardless ale from uh, Michigan Owl. Is that right? A brewery. Oh, okay. A, I thought they were using that one. No, okay. no, right. no. So this is just a, a sponsored beer. Yeah, this was Disgruntled Brewing there in Purim, I think, which is which is about twenty minutes from Detroit Lakes. They had the kickoff uh, party there. Oh, nice. On Thursday, Thursday night, and I'll tell you what, I had I had a beer there at uh, Disgruntled Brewing, and yeah, it was pretty good. 
I like their beer. I'll be going back for some more at the, to that place. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, one last thing: did, did your wife Lori volunteer again? Yes, she did. She was uh, awesome. She was on. She was on MTC. So, in fact, I think she might have known that we had won before me. <laughs> that's awesome because because we pulled we pulled up to the final time control and she was there and she was like doing a little dance and had a hand had a hands in the air so i think she probably knew before before us that is brilliant i love that i mean i had i had an idea but you know you've got to wait until everything's confirmed you know in fact i didn't get it confirmed until like about two minutes before the prize giving because because uh, tim winker was looking for me because as the highest place two wheel drive co-driver i won the diane Sargent award Aww. and he was looking for me to uh, to give me to give me that and this this is probably going to be one of the uh, standing jokes of this event that everybody was everybody i saw said have you found Tim Winker? Tim Win- Tim Winker's looking for you. Yeah. Have you seen Tim Winker? It's like <laughs> <laughs> everywhere I went. It's like, it's like, it's like no, congratulations. Have you, seen- have you seen Tim Winker? <laughs> <laughs> Tim's got something for you. And nobody would tell me what it was. And of course, that's when I figured that it was the Diane Sargent Award. So uh, so that was pretty much 10 minutes, five, 10 minutes before the, the final prize giving was the only time that I kind of like really had it really confirmed that, that, uh, that I'd worn. And of course, I went down to the hotel, went in the, in the hotel, I went down to breakfast the next morning and Steve and Katie Gingrass were sat there having breakfast. And Steve says, Tim Winker's looking for you. (laughs) (laughs) Swear to God, somebody's probably going to do t-shirts next year. (laughs) I think uh, we've maybe set that in motion now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but overall, the whole thing was, the whole event was brilliantly run. I th- honestly think that's the best Ojibwe in recent years. I don't know what it was about it, but, you know, everything ran really smoothly this time. And for, for somebody running regional well at the back, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to be like getting delayed and having to walk your card in and things like right, that. Right. You you still want to be running running smoothly. And everything did. Everything ran really, really and, well. And, and you're also the one that's usually more likely to deal with the delay from mm-hmm. cars that are off in front yep. of you and things mm-hmm. like that. But you also had Rally Safe yeah, for the first time. Rally Safe was great. I mean that yeah, that is my first experience of Rally Safe and I think I think that certainly contributed to the smooth running a lot. But for me, as that was my first time with it, it was also slightly distracting. Yeah, because you don't know what to expect from it, right? Yeah, you've got you've got the box there, and suddenly it'll flash. And you're like, oh, there's a car off in 300 feet. Yeah, and so you you see that you absorb that you absorb the information, and all of a sudden you're lost on your notes. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, yeah, I was because you're talk- moving your eyes, you're just yeah. out of your rhythm, and mm-hmm. yeah, that makes perfect sense. So yeah. I'm sure with more and more practice, I would get better at it. But I think, I told Scott this at the, at the time, I think that the, the worst times for me losing my place in the notes were when I got a flash, there, a flashing warning on the rally safe. So yeah, but that's, it's just going to be a case of like 
getting used to it because it was really, really useful. Well, that's really good to hear. I've, I've heard a lot of that. And uh, mm-hmm. and also the same thing of getting used to it. You know, the first time it flashes, it kind of scaring people and not mm-hmm. sure what to yeah. do at first. And yeah. oh, yeah, okay. You know, yeah. and, and the other thing I think it's a little yeah. bit of a challenge is, is when you are approaching a car, but if there's a lot of like switchbacks or hairpins, you mm-hmm. know, that it might warn you way too soon because yeah. the mm-hmm. physical direct distance, you know, point to point is closer than the actual road distance to get to that person so Mm -hmm. yeah that's i guess one of the other challenges with it i guess you know you know how they use these in the wrc they actually don't have that push to pass system uh in the cars uh Mm -hmm. or turned on they they have it disabled they can send warnings to the cars Mm -hmm. uh that there's like a one-way message that can be sent that's real Mm -hmm. simple to tell you that a car's behind or something like that Mm -hmm. but that's really about it but yeah i was really Really impressed with my first first experience of Rally Save. So excellent, excellent. Well, Ian Holmes, winner of the uh, regional open two wheel drive, a twenty twenty one Ojibwe Forest Rally. Yeah, I'm never going to tire of hearing that. You know. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us on the Rallycast. You are so welcome. I miss hearing your voice, man. Yeah, it was. So it was. Yeah, it's been a long time. It's been a long time since we've chatted rally. So. Uh... Fun, 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 fun. Maybe we can do it again. <laughs> well, maybe after Namaji. Yeah, maybe. All right, man. Thanks. Thanks for uh, taking the time, and we'll chat later. Okie dokie. Cheers. Bye bye. Thank you to all of our supporters and our guests, and a special thank you to Derek Johnson Love for the awesome editing that he does. And if you heard that little bit of uh, cello that was in this show, all of that was him mixing it all together, and I think it sounds brilliant. Can't wait to hear more little bits of what uh, Derek throws together for us. Anyways, I'm your host, Mike Shaw. Thanks for listening, and remember, don't speed on recce. (laughs) 